Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Paddler's Playbook, a kayak fishing experience. Brought to you by Mariner Sales, providing the largest selection of kayaks and kayak accessories since 1975. Real sportswear, get out on the water and wear what the guides wear. Galveston Redfish Series, the largest, most affordable redfish series on the Gulf Coast. Sign up today. Pure Fishing, home to the world's most trusted fishing brands. Now it's time to sit back, relax, and enjoy the paddle with your host, Drew Turner. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Podcast Land. I'm your host, Drew Turner, and this is another edition of the Paddler's Playbook coming to you live from the Mariner Sales Studios right here in Conroe, Texas. Guys, I wish I could come on here and tell you about the redfish I've been catching and the flounder I've been catching and the big gator trout I've been catching and how I fished the saltwater survival series. And I had a bunch of fishing stories for you, but I don't have crap. I ain't got nothing to tell you. I ain't done nothing since the last episode but get sick. I had the flu. Who gets the freaking flu in July? My whole staff was out with flu. I've got nine full-time therapists who work for me. Six of them were out with the flu, including me. So all I got to do was sit back and watch people post about iCast and post about their tournaments and everything while I'm sitting there with a fever, sweating at 2 o'clock in the afternoon with the flu. I get my flu shot every year, guys, religiously. But who needs to get it in May, like June? I'm going to have to start getting the flu shot a little bit earlier. And, and I don't get sick very often, but when I get sick, I get sick. And I had way too much time on my hands, on the Internet, looking at stuff. I may or may not have spent way too much money to take myself back to the 90s. I bought a full-size four-person arcade um, while I was sick. I don't know if it was a fever dream or what, but I spent way too much money on that. That comes in tomorrow. So I'm going to be playing some old Sega uh, bass fishing games and NFL Blitz and NBA Jam and Ninja Turtles. It's a full, full-size Light up keyboard, everything. I guess it's just been so hot here lately that I, I, I'm looking for indoor activities to do, more stuff to do with the kids, and the arcade just seemed like the right thing to do. I'm, I'm having like a midish life crisis. I'm 39, so instead of buying like a old Corvette to fix up or something, um, I bought a four-player arcade. So, anyways. That's what's been going on with me. I've been spending too much money. I've been watching people post about different things. But today, we're going to have my man Armando on. We're going to talk about iCast. He was able to go to iCast. I just got to go virtually. We're going to talk about a few things from the, from there, and we're going to talk about a little controversy that happened at iCast. But before that, guys, you know, we got to listen to Jessica. Hey, bro staff. These summer months have been relentless, and with temps continuously soaring into the 100s, our kayak and fishing equipment is bound to break down and wear out. 
It's a good thing Mariner Sales has everything you need to get you back on the water under that scorching sun. Replacement parts for all the big names, Hobie, Old Town, Bonafide, and more. Tie-downs breaking down, dry bags dry-rotted, that's okay too. Mariner Sales can help you replace those as well. So while we admire your grind out there on the water, make sure your equipment can go just as hard as you with Mariner Sales. And while you're out there ensuring your equipment is protected and working at its best, Real Sportswear wants to make sure you're protected. Made for the crowd that lives under the sun, their fishing apparel offers moisture wicking to keep you cool and UPF 50 plus sun protection to make sure you're able to perform on the most brutal summer days. So log on to realsportswear.com and beat that summer heat today. That is it for me, bro staff. I am Saltside Jess, and I will see you in the air conditioning. <laughs> see, even, even Saltside Jess isn't about getting out there in, in this heat, Armando. I see you laughing. I like I noticed, that. Guys, I like that. If you don't know already, Armando's been on the show before. He is the host of the Bass Kayak and Beers podcast. But I noticed something. So it's Tuesday night. You got your LaCroix. I've got my Waterloo. I know I saw that. <laughs> Man, there's something about We're I guess what, what I, exactly. Like, I would never drink this stuff as a kid. And even my brother now, he's like, why are y'all drinking radio static? Like that just that is that radio like static, radio that static. Hilarious. And I'm like, no, it's good. It's good. I, I guess sparkling water is an acquired taste as you get older you start to get into the well i need to drink more water but i want a little bit of flavor <laughs> and you guys armando's got his pinky up he's got his pinky up with what what flavor is that one i don't know my wife gets it passion fruit like the gayest most feminine <laughs> flavor you can find passion, and of course you have to ask me about it it's like pink agave like that's yeah. the some kind of rosé. I'm drinking cherry limeade Waterloo. God. That's that's my thing. So no beers tonight because it's Tuesday and we both got to work tomorrow. I I was just I, actually I was just uh, I I went to my wife has this on her job. They invited her to like there's a place called Chicken Pickle and I've never been there before. And what it is is they'll it's a restaurant, but they also have pickleball and it's like a huge like a whole stadium. I'm like man, what is this AT and T Stadium? Like this is huge. So there was like a fundraiser something uh, for, so she took me right before we recorded. Do you uh, play was, pickleball? No, it was the first time playing it, but I'm, I'm good at it. Look, I'm going to sell my kayak and, and become a uh, professional pickleball player. Yeah, man. I, I kicked the butts out of those kids from San Juice Hospital. I'm telling you. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Make a wish, kid. You're slapping him in the face with a pickleball. Dang that. Jesus Christ. <laughs> no, Armando. That pickleball is becoming big. Their pickleball was on ESPN yeah. the other day. And it wasn't like well, ESPN the Ocho. It was on ESPN <laughs> 2. They had the pickleball championships or something. So it's. Pickleball is on ESPN. Why can't kayak fishing tournaments not be on ESPN? Like I used, they, I remember back in the days. This is about ten years ago. They used to have domino tournaments in the afternoon yeah. on ESPN too. And yeah. I, I'm a huge domino player. Like I, like that's just a big Puerto Rican thing, though. Like domino players. I mean, friendships will be lost, divorces. You know, lawyers on the phone. It, it it's 
I'm don't get me started on Domino's. So what's the game for the Puerto Ricans and Domino's? Like what is what, do you mean? what what is the main game that you're playing yeah. with Dom- straight it's Domino's usually, chicken foot? Like what are you playing? I don't know. Like to me, there was only one kind of Domino's. Then I see that the other type of Domino's in other cultures, but it's basically um it it's more fun if it's like in teams, like two and two against two. Mm-hmm. Like they used to show on ESPN, because then now there's a strategy involved, and it's you you want to be it's like Uno, you know, the last one to to drop mm-hmm. the domino, or and you want to get score with fives, right? Yeah. So it's just no, no, down, not huh? that no. the score with yeah, no, it's just okay, straight up points. So okay. if I'm the last one, you know, I'm I'm done with my dominoes, right? So we add up all the dominoes left, and that's gonna be our score. Oh, okay. So you just want to try to block. You want to try to block your opponent. Uh, it's not really about well, that, scoring in multiples the, of five going that's around. That's the it's strategy just... of it because if I have the hand, so if I'm the first one in and nobody passes, then I win. So my job is to make sure that I don't pass. Or well, It's actually my strategy is a little bit more simple if I have the hand my partner has to make sure that I don't pass. He has to read the board, read mm. what I'm doing and trying to avoid me from passing. Yeah. I, I love dominoes, man. I, yeah. I grew up playing straight dominoes at the pool, at the apartment complex. We got kicked out of the pool for breaking a table. Like we were playing some bones. Now I, I love playing dominoes. One thing that you said you know, in the intro, I talked about buying that arcade machine and taking me back to the 90s. Yeah. you were, We were talking about, you know, why can't that be on ESPN? One thing that I really miss was late night ESPN watching the strongman competitions that were oh, on Oh, my ESPN. dad. God, those, those were so crazy watching. The my people, dad loves those. You know, they would they would just like pick up two cars, two Volkswagens on each side of them with their yeah. shoulders and the, they had to walk it across like 50 yards and everything. I miss I miss that kind of stuff. Don't get me wrong. I mean, cornhole is cool, but it's not as cool as like the strongman competitions. Like, don't tell that, that to Jeff Malat, though, that it's cool, yeah, that that it's cooler than cornhole. I, oh, big, yeah, it's way it's way cool. He's old. He's like, it's really, way I'm not Jeff Malat old. Yeah, he's 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 ancient now. He just had a birthday too. I <laughs> yeah, think. yeah, something like five hundred, something like that. Yeah, I don't even think that they. He's have gonna like burn us so bad on the KBN group. Oh, probably. He'll probably talk about it. I doubt he's listening to this show anyway. <laughs> he's too busy. But man, all right. So we we wanted to get on here. You, this was your second year to go to iCast. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I've heard from a couple different people was that this year wasn't as good as last year and you told me the same thing but do you think it's just because you're kind of used to going to icast that this year wasn't as good or why was this year not as quote unquote good as last year at icast you know that that's a good question that might be a factor to be honestly to be honest honestly to be honest um and it maybe it is i like if i'm being honest i think also, the fact that there wasn't many kayak products like Ohobi didn't go to to um, to ICAST, uh, New Canoe didn't go to ICAST. One of the for kayak anglers, one of the big attractions for last year for kayak was Romel competing against uh, I forgot the name of the other guy uh, uh, for New Canoe, like the best. They were doing the like the best 
um, rigged out new canoe. And you should have seen those. I mean, it had it had the rims, you know, floating. It, it had everything. It had, you know, it had the uh, low riders. It was it was crazy. I think Romel wanted, but I can't remember the name of the other gentleman. Um, so that was exciting. Drew Gregory had come out with his Crescent Sholey, although I think that came out a little bit earlier. But, you know, a lot of people got to try it there for the first time. Um, Jackson came out with the NAR. So there was a lot of uh, kayak stuff. Um, this one, at least for kayak anglers, maybe if you ask a saltwater angler, oh, yeah, it was super exciting. I don't do saltwater, big boat uh, fishing. So maybe for them it was more innovative product. But as a kayak angler, I mean, we had the uh, PDL, and mm -hmm. we can talk a little bit about that. But other than that, there was New Canoe wasn't there. Hobie wasn't there. Um, Feel Free wasn't there. Um, there was a lot of kayak companies that didn't have anything to show, so they mm -hmm. weren't really there. But Okay. So I've never been to iCast. How do you even get into iCast? Because it's like a vendors-only type of thing. You got to kind of have connections to get into iCast. You can't just buy a ticket and walk in, can you? Yeah, so that's that's a little misconception. Well, yeah, kind of a, some misconceptions that they have about Outcast. It's not like the Bassmaster Classic, where it's for tourists. You know, people that even don't fish will might are probably more inclined to go to a Bassmaster Classic Expo just because you know they heard that it's here and a lot of people are going. So you know, it kind of like goes with the vibe and all that. This is for like hardcore like anglers in the sense that. You, there's no really buying or selling, although there are some companies that, you know, if you have the money, they'll sell you the product right there and then. But it's, this is more to showcase um, the products. And then as social media content creators and that side of going there, creating content, shaking hands with some of the marketing directors for some companies, maybe looking for a sponsor and all that. Now, mind you, I don't go out there like, hey, I'm the host of Bass Kayak and Beers. Can you sponsor me? Can you give me some money? I just go out there, shake hands, ask, you know, ask about their products, do some videos on it, bring some content to my podcast and my kind of like YouTube channel. Um, and then that way people get to know you. So right now, after that, you know, you leave your business cards and all that. Just today, the company reached out to me that uh, interested in partnering up. I never even brought the idea of partnering up. I just say, I heard you got this brand new kayak coming out. And I wanted to make a little video of it because you guys, you know, you don't mind talking to the GoPro camera and give me a rundown. So, yeah, so we did that. We exchanged business cards and I didn't even contact them. And then all of a sudden they started contacting you. Um, that doesn't always happen. Last year that didn't happen. This year it happened. So as you start going, you know, it's not like you're going to go over there and automatically come out with a bunch of cash and a bunch of sponsors. And, yeah, you can create your day job. It doesn't work that way. And if you approach it that way, you're gonna get a reputation, and trust me, it's gonna be it's gonna be hard to get sponsorship. I mean, unless you have like a million followers across all your platforms. But for I guess you and me, that were you know we're not that popular on tournaments or social media. I mean, it's it's just about showing who you are and showing interest, genuine interest in the product, and then seeing if they get contact you back. So did you like apply to have a, a media pass and stuff yeah. because of the podcast? Well, no, not me. Um, what you do is like you yourself can just say, 
you can go to the website. Hey, I'm Drew Turner, and I, you know, I'm hosting Paddler's Playbook, and I can't remember. You fill out a form where you mm-hmm. put your details of your show and everything, and they'll give you a pass. I mean, they're, they're not very strict with it. They might just okay. go check. Oh, yeah, there is a podcast called The Pirate's Playbook. Yeah, just give it to him. Now, me, I just go with Douglas Rod. Douglas Rod. This, now, I don't go work for them. They just, they're kind enough to say, hey, we'll pay you uh, for your entry. And I don't have to hang out at the Douglas Rod's booth. I do sometimes, and I try to help out. But basically, there's some just, they just do it like, come on over here. We'll pay. We'll help you. We'll pay you. Uh, we'll pay you the fee, actually, mm-hmm. to come in and just you can do your thing. You don't have to hang out at our booth or anything like that. Um, but I always, you know, want to give something back. So I'll go over there, record some videos, put it on Instagram stories and all that. You know, show kind of a little bit of appreciation. I'll stay and help out on loading when they're leaving on Friday if I can. This we This time I couldn't do it because my flight was leaving. Well, supposed to leave. Shortly after ICAS ended, ended up leaving at midnight. No, ended up leaving like at 10 p.m. and arriving here in Dallas at midnight. So, you know, there's that. But it's uh, that's that's the way I got in. But anybody that has a social media platform can really just supply, um, and they'll look at it, you know. And they're not very. I, as far as I know, they're not very strict. But you do have to pay though. I think it's like 150 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Tuesdays, I think they, it's just the Tuesday, it's a huge, if you ever gone to the Orange County Convention Center in Orlando, I mean, that place is amazing and it's filled up like 80, 90% of it. Um, and on, so it's huge, but on Tuesdays they have a pond and the pond is the booth are not open. That's just for kayak companies to showcase their kayaks and social media content creators to go out there and try their kayaks. They also have the a few rod and reel companies and bait companies um, will have their rods and reels so you can try them out, cast them, and get a little feel for it. Um, but and then on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, that's when the booth are open. You can actually go into the convention center. Um, I was going to say something else, completely forgot. Okay, so for the companies that actually are there, they're there to look for distributors or dealers that want to carry and move their products. Like I was there with with Douglas uh, for a little bit on the booth, and I saw Kevin Johnson close on a few deals on a few uh, 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 kayak shops. Not stores kayak shops, and shops, stores and shops. Yeah. yeah, we actually opened, I think, two this year on um in san antonio i think one in san antonio and i can't remember the other one uh but yeah they opened like that week they opened like five stores that's you know each that's five that's like five thousand dollars each so you know that's for them it's companies like that it's worth it yeah that paid for the trip yeah you yeah. you said it was huge and there's there's vendors and stuff everywhere it's not like some of they don't sell shows is it yeah like there's not people there with a whole bunch of beef jerky and hot tubs and sound no. systems and stuff like that. Like it is really it's just... business. It's very professional. Now, how much would you say is well-known companies compared to smaller? I don't want to say mom and pops, because if you're at iCash, you're you're probably not a mom and pops, but like the big dogs versus, you know, some of the smaller companies, what percentage would you say is there? 
it's hard to tell because there's a lot, you know, like the, here's the thing, like the big, like if you're fishing, they take up like half a block or more. Um, and then there's another section where there's just small booth. Now, as far as small booth go, a lot of it is bait, small bait companies for, um, what I've noticed is for like, uh, saltwater offshore saltwater fishing they make those you know i guess they go like, plugs and yeah stuff and like also, that. yeah yeah there you see a lot of those for kayaks you know this year i saw and i'm sure i'm missing a couple i saw a, a, a like two or three kayak companies that i've never heard from before some of them interest my peak other ones didn't it's it's uh, not trident that's trying to get you on it oh my god that's that's a joke they had the flying saucer this year which i thought oh, I, was dumb. I saw that that looked like i really expected everyone who got in those because they had two of them out there i was, i really wanted them just to play bumper boats because that's yeah. what it looks like it just likes the looks like the bumper boats that used to be at six flags or Astro World or somewhere like that they're just little round things i really yeah. wanted them just to run into each other i really did so they are obviously a more mom, not like you said, not mom and pop, but smaller companies out there. They just have smaller booth and more humble booth. And then like the, you know, you see Hawk, uh, uh, Huke, I'm sorry, um, Pure Fishing, Shimano. They have those big, huge. Those um, big global international yeah. companies. Yeah. Yeah. So we talked about something that didn't impress us was that little flying saucer thing. Was there anything that really impressed you there at, at the show this year that you were just like, wow, that is pretty dang cool? No, and I think this is why I think it was, I want to say a disappointment, but it was, you know, a step, step down from last year. Um, like I said, not a lot of kayak companies came out with something new. I know Vibes came out with a new kayak, and I don't, and I think it came out before ICAST. Um, I think it's the Macan. Um, it's kind of like they're and probably they're now entering into like creek fishing kayaks to compete with the RV R, RVR uh, 119, the RV Time the, the, the skip 117. Um, I think the biggest one, or I mean, as far as kayak fishing goes, the, the uh, Old Town PDL, and yeah, and I'm glad that I'm EPDL. asking EPDL. And I'm glad that I'm I'm here because I want to get your thoughts on that. Because me and Dan kind of talked about it, and I've heard Jeff Malad on his show. I just heard was driving a lot today for a client, and I was listening to um, Bat. I'm sorry, Bath some fishing Shane Lamont. He had a star studded cast on his show, and I think we all agreed. KBN, those guys, and I, myself, and Dan. Like the EPDL is not catered to freshwater fishermen. I don't I don't see it. I don't see it. If you're a freshwater fisherman, you either do the, you know, out the motor on the back, the torpedo or the what's the NK, the Newport. Mm -hmm. And those are like super fast. You know, you go six, seven miles per hour, right? And then you have the kind of like old towns for old towns um uh the autopilot. The autopilot, where you can, you know, spot lock and all that, um, and motor guide and all that. So that's the two. So this is neither here or there. So now you have an e-pedal assist, which costs a lot more than the old town, um, 
I forgot their names. I'm, I'm, the, the autopilot. The autopilot, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is, you know, spot lock. Goes a little bit slower, but still a spot lock. It's it's great if you're fishing a tournament. Like, it, you get... There's a lot of advantages on using that, even though it's a little bit slower. But that spot lock, quote-unquote, overuse, most overused word in fishing, game changer, because you can lock on a spot. Makes it a lot easier to fish. So now you have an motorized kayak like an e-bike kind of kayak that's way more expensive but without the spot lock and you still have to pedal a little bit um so what's the trade-off like why am i gonna pay more money so i really think this is a kayak for you guys and i say you guys i don't mean to sound like you know this is you guys but saltwater guys you know the the you know the backwaters where you may have to you know deal with current and uh, tide changes and you may have to go a long ways. I would think that's catered to you. And I think when you press Old Town Rep and ask him about it, they'll tell you, yeah, yeah, this is more for saltwater guys. You know, I guess like big rig fishing, those guys that fish the oil rigs down in Galveston, mm-hmm. is it? I could, I can see I- that. I could see where it would be beneficial for them to have to have a um to have a unit like the EPDL. I actually think it's geared more towards the re- recreational angler. Yeah. Someone who wants to have a motor, they want to be able to pedal. Um they have the money to spend cuz if you're buying stuff like e-bikes and everything anyway, like buying a $6,000 kayak isn't going to be a huge deal um, if you want to get out on the lake with it. I think it's it's more recreational than, than anything else. And I was very skeptical about the unit until I really started to look into it. Now, supposedly, it's supposed to get up to five miles an hour, five and a half miles an hour, which uh, that's it's it. Not bad. Assist, yeah. Which yeah. is which is on par I mean, it's not six or seven that you're getting with with some of the NK three hundreds and mm. and everything, but that's that's what you're going to get out of a one eighty. I mean, that's what you're going to get out of a smaller Torquedo or something like that. So, it it has about the same runtime as like the NK one eighty at full speed, and uh, this is just according to the specs. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I've, I haven't been in the boat, so I have no idea. But it has the same runtime about as the NK one eighty or the smaller um Torquedo. But that price, man, six K, like, that's a lot. I got a fully rigged new canoe with foot steering and the NK one eighty and my battery and everything for like under forty five hundred. And that gives yep. me fifteen hundred more bucks to to play around with. I just that price is the only thing that really turns yeah. me off of that. And, and the big thing that gets me, and people need to think about this as well, one thing that I loved about the autopilot and I love about the new canoe, I have foot steering with the motor. Yep. I don't think people understand, if, if you haven't done it, how much of an advantage it is to have foot steering and a motor. And I've talked about this on the show if you're working a shoreline, you can just set that motor to creep mode and you can just cast and cast and cast and cast and then readjust with your feet and never take your hands off the rod and reel. With that 
e-pedal, you have to use the hand steering whenever the motor's going. So even if you have it in creep mode, you got it on set on one and you're barely going, you still have to adjust with your hand, which means that you're taking time away from fishing. That was the big disadvantage that I saw from it. Um, The autopilot, I loved it because I could just set it to go straight and then it has the rudder in the back that you can steer with the rudder with your feet. So that was one of the things I really liked about it. But it's great for probably deeper water fishermen. Um, Like you said, current, tidal, tidal areas. But in the shallow marsh, man, like that drive sticks down way too far um, to be using the motor that much. On my on my new canoe, I can literally if the kayak is floating, I can use my motor. Yeah. <laughs> like it, it it sits right there in the keel, right where the keel guard is and everything, and it just it you can align it just just perfectly. So I thought it was cool that they they came out with that product, but like a lot of companies, Hobie Hobie being one of them, they're trying to get more into the recreational market than innovating kayak fishing right now. No. And I I think we're going to have to deal with that for a while. Um, Companies that aren't really dead set on putting out a premium kayak fishing product as opposed to more, I don't want to say budget friendly because hell, six grand ain't budget friendly. No. But maybe more it's the most expensive kayak. By yeah, now. getting getting more people in kayaks that maybe not even even are fishermen. And I, I but, have the I have the issue with this myself. I like to think that there are like millions and millions of kayak fishermen out there, but we are a very very small percent of the population when it comes to people out there paddling in kayaks like there's probably three four times as more recreational kayaks sold than kayak fishing uh kayaks so i i I like to think that we're the top priority for different companies but i don't i don't think that we are the number one top priority for old town or even hobie native maybe but i know we're not for jackson they're developing more whitewater stuff yeah. and recreational stuff than even their bonafide. new kayaks yeah bonafide the they can say it's a it's a river kayak and it's a strictly river kayak no it's a lower price point kayak to try to get more recreational anglers into into that but you you, you look like you wanted to say something yeah and i i don't want to say i disagree with you with the recreational kayak thing because i know where you're going but think about this if you have that new, because remember, it's on that, uh, what's the the sportsman hall, right? Which used to be the Predator, which is a great hall. That's probably the best hall for for open water. Oh, and, I, and love credit. It. I love it yeah. in the marsh. Like, yeah. I think it's great as a pedal kayak. And and I'm not, when we're talking about this and giving our opinions, let me make sure. Old Town, probably one of the best, if not the best quality when it comes to building kayaks. Oh, so yeah. we're, we're, we're not, not dissing on, on that old town. Yeah. No, we're not, we're not crapping, crapping on old town or the model or anything. Yeah. I'm just like, man, that price is a little bit high. That, and that's I what don't I know go. if it fits my needs. What's the niche on recreational kayak anglers that are willing to not. Yeah. Kayak anglers or kayak enthusiasts that want to spend $6,000 on a kayak 
then I'm going to tell you right now, you get that kayak, you really going to load, you're not going to load that on the, I mean, I'm sure there are going to be people, but after one time of loading that thing on the top of the truck, if you're a recreational kayak ang uh, angler or just a, rec a recreational kayaker and you buy that, um, you're going to have to have a, 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 the, a pickup. Oh yeah, you probably gonna need a trailer. That's true. Uh, That's you're true. gonna you're gonna throw even the second time you the first time you throw on the that thing on the back of your truck, you, it's going to the Facebook marketplace. I guarantee it. Like well, there's I, not. A, I mean, what? Like I see a lot of people getting into, and this is why I think, in my opinion, and of course, there's a lot smarter, more educated people on this, especially in Old Town. And they are probably right, and I'm probably wrong. But right now, what I'm telling you is people like the e-bike, which, my opinion, I love mountain biking. The great thing about mountain biking, other than being outdoors, just like a kayak, is the challenge of going through obstacles and jumping and all that. Why the heck am I going to want a, a, an e-bike to do mountain biking? And they're out there. But why am I going to pay to do something like I want to enjoy it. I want to get, you know, my get exercise out there, conquer. I don't want a machine helping me conquer an obstacle. I want to conquer it myself. Now, there are people out there, they might say because of my age or, you know, maybe their health conditions, I am not able to in any way, shape, or form conquer those obstacles, obstacles. So without, without this, so this helps me get outside. And for that, I, you know, that, that I understand that that's why I don't crap on it because there are people out there that say, say, I can't do mountain biking like the young kids are doing now. My knees are not the same, my back, my joints, whatever. So I need an e-bike. And with that, I can at least assist myself to be in the outdoors more than I would have by my own, you know, health standards. So, but does that apply to kayak fishing? Because now... You got the e-bike. You can e-bike. You can put it in the back of your truck. You can put it on top of your car. You can hook it to to the mount on on you know on the back of your car. This kayak is going to be a hundred plus pounds plus the batteries plus all the stuff you're going to take. Like if if you are not healthy enough, if you feel like your joints like you're not healthy enough to go out there and you know paddle or pedal around for a couple of miles. You're not healthy enough to carry that thing. And I don't, <laughs> and I, off and yeah, off the trailer. I mean, and I'm not trying to yeah, anybody. That's no, like, I get it. I that, get that it. concept of like that market of people that say, I'm going to a mountain e-bike because that now I can do something that I used to be. That market's not going to be there for the person that's going to say, you know what? I don't, I can't pedal or paddle that much with a kayak. But if I buy this e-assisted kayak, no, because it's a lot heavier. And so that's where I think Old Town, that doesn't apply. If they thought, if that was their marketing, I don't think it's going to work out. My opinion. I thought, I thought it was very strange with, with their marketing and the videos that came out that, you know, the people that, some of the people that they took out to, to be in the kayak for the first time and everything, it was like e-bike enthusiast. Yeah. Came with like their name. And I was, that's. You're trying to sell a premium fishing kayak and you are trying to, you know, get get it across about the new products, but you're putting non-fishermen in the marketing for it when it first comes out. 
I just thought that was odd. I, I, I didn't I didn't quite understand the videos of people who aren't fishermen because this is Old Town is trying to market it as like the ultimate fishing platform and everything. Like you've got pedal, paddle, everything. They even changed the tank well so you can put a bigger um crate in there and everything. Like but their marketing was an e-bike enthusiast was the first person I saw in the video talking about the new machine. I just, I didn't understand that. I I, yeah. I, I don't know why they did that. I, I've kind of heard a little bit about the product before it, it released. And I was just kind of skeptical then. And I'm still a little bit skeptical on, I don't think I'll own one, but whenever they have it at Mariner sales demo, I want to get in one and see, yeah. like, I want to, I want to get in and play with it. I'll, if someone says that they like it, I'm not going to try to talk them out of it because old town is a great brand yeah. that has a great product out of there. I'm not going to try to get them into something else, but it's just, it, it wasn't, wasn't for me. And again, this is, you know, they got, I'm sure college students, you know, college grads that are specializing in marketing and running that. And, you know, they probably know more about this than you and I do. And I'd be more than happy to be proven wrong. Like I'm not hating on it. I want old town to have success. And if there are people out there, then, you know, then great. If this gets more people into the industry and this kayak fishing space, I'd love it. I'll back it up. I just, right now, I don't see it. I don't see it. They are, it is going to sell. There are going to be people that are buying it, but I just don't think it's, I don't see it. I don't see the market for it. I can I can definitely tell that the people running the marketing and everything over at Old Town are not drinking sparkling waters. Like yeah, they're no. not to that they're not to that point in life. Yeah. They're not to the point in life where they're drinking sparkling <laughs> waters like me and you on the show right now. So was was there anything else that that caught your eye? I saw did you get to to be hands-on with the new Yak Attack leaderboard? Did you get to that talk about that at so all? So I was Shane, so, Shane Lamont messaged me because I know he's you know he's tight with the guys at Yak Attack. Um, I I talked about it on my podcast. So Shane Lamont uh, kind of cleared a few things for me. That was a in, prototype. In Armando, I I just want to let you know. Yeah, I saw the podcast and I saw the title and I didn't listen to it on purpose because I here. didn't want it I'm to leaving. affect. I didn't want it to affect. Well, I didn't want it to affect this interview. Excuses. Because you guys were talking about iCast stuff, but I am going to listen to it while I'm working tomorrow since we've already had our conversation. I didn't want y'all's podcast to, to get in and uh, affect what we're talking about tonight. So if I ask some questions that you already talked about, it's because I haven't listened yeah, no to worries. I'm listening tomorrow. <laughs> so, um, so, like I was saying, Shane kind of uh, explained a couple of things, but. Again, I can only go by what I saw. So apparently the leaderboard, which is the new kind of like hawk throb or catch board, measuring board for tournaments that's going to came out for Yak Attack, which again, I love Yak Attack. It is Yak Attack and Jack Gear are the two best companies. Yak Gadget, I'm sorry. Yak Attack and Jack Gadget to me are the two best companies out there. And right now, because Jack Attack also does stuff with... Um, to set up GoPros and so, you know, and for content creators and stuff, they, you know, they're more diverse than uh, Yak Gadget. I would say Yak Attack right now, it's the best companies in providing, you know, kayak accessories. 
Yeah, so, Yak Attack. Have, to, to it's me, the best. I, I I'm not hating Yak on Yak Attack. Not hating on them. But the leaderboard, so when I got there on Thursday, the leaderboard was, there was like 20 signs surrounding the leaderboard. Do not touch. Do not touch. I'm like, what's the point of me being here and kind of doing a review of this if I can't touch it? Nobody came up to help, so I was screwed. I'm touching it. I'm grabbing it. I took it out of the holder. Um, it looked great on video, but when I looked at the board, the board was cracked in some areas. The board was dented in some areas. And that's like, okay, now I get what they put all these signs that I hadn't seen on the videos that came out of day one of uh, of iCast is because I probably went through a lot of hands. A lot of times it was dropped and all that. So that led me to believe, like, well, if it can't take the wear and tears of a fishing expo, a fishing show, how is this going to survive my chaotic fishing you know, where it's going to be hitting the back of the truck, dropping it every time I, I unload the truck, you know, being, you know, hitting it with a half ounce weight every time I cast it because I wasn't looking behind me. You know, the that thing was just like cracked and dented in some areas. Now, it wasn't like falling apart, but you can see some cracks. You can see some small dents. The big thing about this, remember, if we go back to the Hobie BOS about five years ago on Lake Ford, the big controversy was somebody bending the hawk throttle. And that's where the National Trust said no more hawk trough. Then um, Catch came out with their Catch Carbonate board, and they're like, we're not accepting that either, even though it's solid. It's got to be metal so nobody can bend it. That that board, I'm telling you right now, as it is right now, and I guess it's a prototype, I understand from what Shane Lamont told me, it's going to be more rigid. It's going to be more durable when it finally comes out of production. But right now, that's not going to set it on any national trail. The other thing is now you made a longer board, which is great. I understand that. But you see a lot of kayak companies like Bonafide and Crescent Kayak that they have that notch where you can put your catch board because the catch board is pretty much the same size as the hawk throw. Now you made another board that's a lot wider. Um, and so now that it's not going to fit on those notches those companies have made because there was nobody else like coming out with any competition for catch boards. Well, you know where it's going to end up fitting though. Where it's going, it's going to end up fitting in a bona fide, oh, yeah. and it's going to end up fitting well, bona fide. It's not going to fit on the bona fide RV one. Maybe I'm wrong, but the size. Well, no, of no, it no. I'm from- saying like once once the actual production model and everything comes out. It'll end up fitting in bona fide and people that Yak Attack already have a relationship with. That'll that'll end up going in there. It'll end up being instead of a twenty six, it'll be the twenty eight. And one of the reasons why they did the twenty eight is because of the redfish limits, yeah. like the slot the slot for saltwater guys. That way they didn't have to make two different boards, a twenty six and a twenty eight. But I, I'm sure they end up offering one. Heck, they're offering three carts now. They got the bar cart, the bunkster, and then they um, debuted the scupper, the scupper one for the uh, yak attack as well. So I, I'm interested to see because I would like to think because I've I've talked to the guys at Yak Attack and stuff. I would like to think that they have already talked to the bigger tournaments and yeah. asked them. I so I talked to the somebody qualifications that, that I we're asked- have to make. I asked the rep there, and I and straight up I asked him like, the catch carbonate wasn't accepted. 
I don't think Duke Westcamp is going to be very happy that he had to change his whole production now because they wouldn't allow it. Remember, um, Catchboard does all the award, pretty much all the awards for this trails. Um, KBF, I don't know if Bassmaster he does the trophies, but I know KBF and I think he does it for Hobie BOS. I think it's that's the same company that makes the trophies, Catchboard. So, you know, Duke has a great and he's done a great job. Credit to Duke. Um, I've always said I want to see companies compete, and that's something we're going to get into. So, you know, as much as I love what Duke Westcamp is doing, I want somebody else to come in and try to, you know, push the envelope, push push Duke into doing more, uh, maybe lowering the price or being more innovative and stuff like that. And I do give credit to um, the leaderboard for Yak Attack. It does have a little, like, little notches that you can roll up and down. To mark mm. what your two smallest fishes or your smallest and your biggest, yeah, so you can, them. Yeah, yeah, so calling them the only thing that I'm thinking about when you look at kayak fishing. When we're kayak fishing, Manny Varela from Skinny Water Boys TV made the best analogy it's beautiful chaos, but it is chaos. So, you got if you catch for you guys, if you catch a big Red Bull and that thing is jumping up and down and it hits those notches, now it's you know, you don't notice it now, it changed. That little notch instead of saying like you, your smallest was was 16 now it knocked it off to an 18 and you didn't notice so i don't put a lot of trust in those notches and again if i'm trying to explain it with, for those that are listening so on the top part of that litter board there's a little rail and you have these two markers that just roll up and down where you can mark uh your biggest or your smallest fish so if you're in a tournament and you and you five fish and your smaller one smallest one is 14 inches and you mark the 14 inches and then you know that if you catch something that's bigger than 14 inches you include it if not don't waste time uploading the picture because it's less than 14 inches but again with everything that happens with a kayak and you grabbing the board and i'm assuming those things tend will tend to move with anything, with a bass hitting it, jumping up and down, with you grabbing it, with you dropping it. So I, I think that's one thing that is, you know, I don't know if it's going to work, but talking to the rep, you know, I asked him straight up, is this going to be, and this is like, if they don't want it, we'll try to work something with it. So I I doubt that as it is right now, that is going to be accepted in those national trust. Now, keep in mind, 99% of the anglers, kayak anglers out there, maybe that's a higher number. Maybe it's less than that. But only fish local trails. So, And usually local local trails are going to set the, that board. Well, and, and I, would, I would bet because you're, you're into the kayak tournament fishing now, I, I enjoy fishing the kayak tournaments. And this is another thing. 95% of the people kayak fishing are not in a tournament. Like maybe, maybe less than that. Maybe 90, you know, maybe there's 10% of us that fish in tournaments. Are you talking about national trails or local trails? Both. No, Both. How, no. How many, well, it depends. Here in Texas, there's a lot of us that fish. Yeah. A that's what I'm saying. Them. Like how many, how many people are entering a, a, not a national, let's just say a local. How many people are entering a local tournament for you? Remember here in Texas, we have, yeah, Way yeah, more yeah. Tournaments yeah, we yeah. have the East Texas, we have uh Duke's Trans Minor Sales, North Texas, we have um Texas oh my God, Chris Morales, yeah, Texas yeah. Chris Morales with the uh, Texas Kai Bassley. We have the Red River. 
Uh, if you're going to count the working man's tournaments that come out every like Wednesday or Thursday, oh, man, it's hard to put a number. But every time I go on the water and meet another kayak angler, we talk, they're all fishing on one, maybe not exactly, maybe not all of them are buying for AOY, but at some point in the year, they're going to go in to a kayak yeah. fishing tournament. But how um, many people are, are, are I would talking? say it's, man, I think it's hard 100? to say. I would say more than 50% of the kayak anglers in Texas that are fishing out of their kayaks at some point or another are fishing a tournament. Not maybe every tournament, not maybe competing for angler of the year, but are going to fish one or two tournaments. Oh, I more think more than number. half in in in, in bass fishing. Lower. I think it's way fishing. lower for for for. I don't know that. a I lot mean, of them that don't fish it, man. Like all the ones that I talk to, they fish it. Well, say you have a hundred people sign up for a tournament. So you're saying that there's only two hundred people in that area that kayak fish. Period. No, because remember, I'm telling you, it's not. You're going to have not, it's not the same group. You're going to have like, if you have a hundred, like maybe 40 or 50 of them are the same ones from last week. But now mm -hmm. the lake is closer to another area. There's still like half of them that didn't fish the other one. So it's not a hundred. Let's say you got a hundred here and a hundred here. It's more like, it's not, it's not the same hundred. Well, it's more I, like I, 200 or 150 more. Yeah, so but, then you go to the next one, there's another There's another group of 20, 30, 40 that didn't fish the first two. So I'm not talking about every trail. So I'm talking about, you know, if the trail comes close, they'll fish it. You know, if so, it's within a couple hours drive, they'll fish it. But what I'm saying is, is, is even if there's only, I would guess, even in Texas, there is probably a thousand to two thousand people who are fishing local trail tournaments all all together like that's that's a hundred people signing up for 10 tournaments and that's a hundred different people signing up for 10 tournaments across texas if if by your math if there's a thousand or two thousand that means there's only four thousand people fishing out of a kayak for bass in texas Regularly. that's what i'm saying it's got to be way more well, I mean, that's every now and then you run to somebody that has a little pelican from Kmart that's not for fishing, and they just happen to grab their rods and reels and throw it in there, um, mm -hmm. and never fish a tournament. But like people that buy, like people that buy a kayak to fish for for bass fishing. Now, if you're going to include, we're talking about there's a lot of kayak, you know, people this... like there's like there's a lot of people that just go kayak and then have a. I'm not talking about the people that just go on their kayak. And pedal around the lake and come back. Yeah, no, no. I'm talking, about, talking about people the ones who go that out kayak own, and fish. Yes, the they ones own that a kayak own, to fish. Yeah, the ones that own a kayak to fish. Including, this, we're talking about including including online tournaments because yeah. they have rules about their, yeah, yeah, their, yeah. their boards as well. I would say more than half, man. And I, I may be completely wrong on this, but I just haven't met anybody on the water. Personally, right now we don't. I don't run into. It. That's because I mean, you're I a superstar, Armando. They're like, there's the bass kayak and beers. No, no I'm that's, going to that's talk Brandon to him, Mays from. That and I'm gonna tell you how I, I, I fished in all these tournaments. No. And I've got to, I got to impress you. You got your Douglas Rods hat on. Like I've got to impress you. Bro. No, I got I got to impress I, you. I am nowhere like 
I'm nowhere near the the level. Are you talking about Guillermo Gonzalez, Matthew Scotch? You know those guys. Those are oh no, man. If people saw Guillermo, they wouldn't know that that's him. But they see you, they'll know it's you. I bet you. I bet you. You're losing so much credibility right now. The the only person with your audience. The only person, like you said, that if if you see him out in public, you know that it's him is Brandon. Yeah, is that because he's seven foot tall? Like you. You can pick Brandon out in any crowd anywhere. So it's yeah. it's 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 easy to see him. All right, man. Well, earlier you said that there was a we were gonna talk about something because there was there was actually a little bit of controversy. And I don't know if there a was lot controversy, of controversy at iCast. It was more on social media after iCast was over, but there was a lot of buzz around talks of bait companies imitating other bait companies and i think after talking to you we, we kind of figured it out like why why there was this all of a sudden this this uproar about it but for those of you that don't know so berkeley came out with a new bait won an award and it is very similar to other baits that have already been available and people were like Man, it's nothing but copycats with these big bait companies, yada, 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 yada. How do you feel about the bigger bait companies taking, I don't want to even say taking, having very similar designs to some other bait companies and, you know, putting it out there to the public um, at ICAST? So... You know, I go back and forth on this one. I respect Buddy's opinion. I'm not. I think everybody has a legitimate point, whether you're on one side or the other. Um, so I respect everybody's opinion. I'm not going to hate on anybody that thinks differently than me about this because I get it. It's like there's kind of like a gray area there where you, I can see where both opinions hold weight. Um, this is a case-by-case basis, right? Because I don't. I don't, I'm not a tackle junkie like some of the guys out there and girls out there that love fishing. I'm, I'm really not. You know, I'm interested in, in you know, innovations and all that, but I'm not going out. You know, there are people that can name every single bait out there. So I know Rapala is getting some of the crap because from what I saw, their they're soft plastic bait, I can't remember the name, is like a, literally like a carbon copy of another plastic self-bait company that came out and that you know it's a case-by-case basis so i don't know what happened with rapala and all that so i'm not gonna give an opinion on that i don't know what what has happened on other occasions with other companies so i'm not gonna give my opinion on that because again it's case-by-case basis my the only one that i got to that i really got to hear and became more popular was the nessie from Berkeley's. Now, you and I were talking about this. Before the awards were came out, the big talk was about, you know, uh, Rapala. And then when the awards came out and they gave Nessie, the Berkeley's, the Nessie, you know, first place for whatever category it was, that's where kind of the attention shifted to Berkeley's. And they got a lot of, like, backlash out of this. Again, I started marketing in college, but I've never worked in marketing for a big, big company. I would think 
in this era of social media and all that, a company that really has an uh, pretty much identical product from another company that's kind of created this cult following, you would look and try to, even if it costs you more money upfront, but try to find a way to work with that company or give that company credit to avoid the backlash, invest in it. What I think the message is when you're trying to ignore and silence the noise out there, it comes off as a company as I don't care about you guys. I don't yeah, care about air, the small yeah. people. I don't mm-hmm. care about it really comes off like you're not you're not in tune. You're not in touch with the average angler that actually is buying your bait. Now, the other side of me says, was there any patent laws that were broken? No, then, you know, who am I to, you know, play judge, jury, and executioner? That, if there was I mean, no laws broken, that's no. one. That, that, that's one. Now, if there was a clear law that says, like, hey, you pilferage, or I forgot the name of it. Uh, there's yeah. a term where you copy somebody's artwork or stuff like that. Then that that I would have no problem calling yeah, out when that you company. Plagiarize something. Yeah, yeah. That I don't have any. I, I don't have any problem calling them out. But me, go ahead. With with that, like what me and you talked about was with the chatterbait, like with the Z-mans and the jackhammers. They have a patent on the way that everything attaches. Well, nobody's talking down on Berkeley for coming out with their own version of a chatterbait. They're not talking well because down the chatterbait is different. Yeah. It's it's different, but it's it, but it's not. It's a still carbon, a ch- it's still a bladed jet. Yeah, it's it's not a carbon copy. It is of, not carbon copy of what came out. It is it is a little bit of a different variant of it. I'm not in tuned with swim baits enough. Or, yeah, I'm not. You know, soft play. There's only so many ways that you can make a damn paddle tail. Like there, there's only so much you could do. So I'm not in tune with the the intricacies of that. But I'm with you on if they can give me a different product and it's not a straight ripoff of another product like if it's not exactly the same if you change this or change that and we talked about it before this you said that as long as they improve upon the design yeah. or something that you don't have a problem with it and i am a hundred percent agreeing with yeah you. and that's if what you i want to make something yeah. similar yeah if you want to make something similar but you're going to improve upon the design somehow we see that with like everything yeah. cars you know refrigerators like every computers they see something that somebody did well and they go oh man i gotta improve upon that there's an old saying like in in and this is from a podcast a wrestling podcast but it kind of pertains to this too is you either have to be better than and improve upon different than to to stand out you cannot be the same like you either have to be different than or better than. So if you're going to come out with a new product, you either need to make it improved from previous versions or you need to make something that's completely different from it. Yeah. And and I also want to touch on something because I'm not just speaking my opinion here. I did reach out to Berkeley. And I think this is important because sometimes a lot of people, they love a trend and they go out there and spill, you know, their opinion on something and, you know, 
I've learned in social media, you need to be informed before you start spilling out information. And some I've made a mistake of sometimes sometimes things you know hit a nerve and I go out and take to social media and I vent it and half the time I realize, oh no, I was wrong about that. I didn't have all the facts. Yeah, so that's before why I'm show, thinking about yeah. that, and I'm asking you because I yeah. don't, I don't even know what baits they were mad about. I had to ask you what the what so, all the all the and that's why I'm not going to comment on Rapala and all those because I didn't research, I didn't bother. I don't, I'm not a soft plastic junkie. Um, I'm surprised that's even a thing. But anyways, um, you know, and I reached out to them and I asked them like, hey, you know, what what's your take on this? What's what's your opinion on this? Um, and basically what I was told is one of the reps is like, listen, is it very similar? Yes. Identical? We don't think so. And the reason is why it's like we improved upon a few things. Like the treble hook on it has a little like holder notch. It goes on the bottom. The other one, the original one, goes on the um, – and by the way, while I'm talking, could you research? Because if we're talking about it, I kind of want to give credit to the original one, the flag. Um, and then give me the name of the company because I forgot. Now I want to touch on that too. So they did improve on that. They made some slight adjustment to the design so it'll swim better, according to them. And the other thing they mentioned is the tail is feathered. It's not soft plastic. So it gives it a different swim action to it. Now, that product is not on the water yet. It's not on the market. So it's hard for me to prove or disprove what they're saying. But it is right. They made what looks to be some upgraders in the design. So, so it's the, it's the grow right. design works flag 170 soft glide bait. Yeah. So I want to give credit to them. So go ahead and mention it again. I know this is your podcast. I don't mean to tell you what to do. Yeah, so yeah. For, so no. people know that, you know, this is the original one. This is the OG. Let's give some credit to the people that actually designed their product. This because it is innovative. For those who are wondering, it's a glide bait. What's innovative? It's soft plastic. It's the first soft plastic glide bait that completely changes your presentation when it's soft plastic because you can use it in a lot more ways that you couldn't if it's a harder soft plastic bait so again what's the name of it and where can people search for it well it's it's the grow design work flags 170 soft glide bait but like you were saying earlier no it is completely sold out like and and this is the other this is the other half of me I'm a consumer at heart. And what do I always preach on my podcast? I want to see competition in products. I want to see somebody put a product that competes with Catch. Nothing against Duke Westcamp. I just want to see Duke, Duke Westcamp get, you know, a little uncomfortable and say, you know what? I need to, I need to improve on my product because competition either lowers the price for us or makes companies say, hey, you know what? You know, I can't get too comfortable. I got somebody nipping on my heels. And if I don't market it right, if I don't improve on it, then somebody's going to take over. So there's that. We need to come out with something bigger and better. And if you don't have somebody pushing you to do that, then it's not going to come out. So I can't be hypocritic. I'm a consumer as well. I'm a kayak angler consumer second. When, and, and we're talking about this space. If I have a product that I can actually get my hands on because it's not sold out for the last two or three months. And guess what? What's the price point on the growth flag? 
Drew, you looking uh, at it? Forty six dollars. And what's with shipping in or without shipping and handling? Uh it just says forty six. And I'm then with it's coming from Japan, so I'm assuming there's some yeah. shipping and handling, maybe. And then with the um, with the Berkeley Powerbait Nessie, you're looking at twelve ninety nine for the Thank nine you. inch version. So I'm not I'm not gonna be a hypocrite. Like this is what we want as consumers. This is what we want. We want competitions. This is a perfect example. This is a company that said, "I can make this product better." And again, we haven't tried it. I haven't tried the flag because it's sold out. I haven't tried the Nessie because it hasn't come out until September. But going by what I'm seeing, you improved on it and you lowered the price. As that's that's as consumers. That's what we want. So again, I'm not going to hate on it. Now, I do have an, a kind of an issue, and this is not Berkeley. The American Association of Fishing, or whatever it's called, the one who actually organizes, like the governing body of, of fishing, the one that organizes ICAST, they need to get a little bit of their credibility question here because this is my issue. I love the Berkeley's Nessie from what I've seen, and I'm going to buy it, and I'm going to throw it because... It's lower price and and it's supposedly be improved. So, again, I'm not going to be a hypocrite about it, but I don't think it should have gotten an award because it's too much of a copy of something that it's already built. It's not innovative. Berkeley did not made this innovative product. Somebody did. So I I think the governing body of organizes ICAST should be a little bit more careful when handing out awards. And some of the awards are just based on voting. Like that's another thing I, I forgot to mention at ICAST. The content creators, like if you go with like your content creator badge, you're able to vote on what's the best product, which again, I think is the stupidest thing because people mention oh, like, oh, an award for the EPDL. I'm sure it's going to be great, but no, have you tried it? So how, why are you giving it uh, you know, award for the best kayak out there. If you never even fish out of it, if you never even got it on it, how am I going to give the Nessie or any other bait company award for the best freshwater bait or saltwater bait or, or innovative product that nobody has used proved, it yet? It's, it hasn't been proven in the water. It, it hasn't been. So I think yeah. at some point it's like, you know, the people that run ICAS kind of have to get some a little bit of you know their hands dirt on their hands on this for just allowing this to just happen that it's sure it's a little bit of politics involved yeah and it's I all mean, like who's who's funding this organization who's, this company pay, who's paying for the, the booths that yeah. are as big as yeah. a whole block yeah you know we're and that's not to discredit like pure fishing you know we no I, we pure love fishing. pure fishing we I, I i love them i mean that's not to discredit like you know, anybody that has the Shimano that has these huge booths or anything like that, but they're probably going to win. Like it, it's probably going to happen. I mean, it's just yeah. like the, uh, I mean, some, some of my Texas listeners will, will know what I'm talking about here where they have the livestock show and rodeos and stuff. And, and the mayor's kid, you know, they, they may get reserved grand champion every year. Like it, it, it's all about who, you know, and, yeah. and everything else, but man, I'm looking, and this is not because I'm a Berkeley fanboy or anything, but I'm looking at these like side by side. There's some pretty, to me, 
to me just looking. Could you share not the screen any... so I can look at it and yeah, kind of? There's there's some significant differences here between the two, and I'm gonna share the screen. Um, if you guys want to look it up, I'm on Tackle Warehouse, and you can you can pull, um, you can pull both of them up. But there's there's some pretty there's some pretty significant differences here. So let's do entire screen. This is great for the uh, podcast version of this too. All right, can you see it? No, I can't see it. You froze, so. Oh, I lost you. I'm here. You can't see it right now. No, yeah, there we I'm go. It's it coming up. It's coming up. A good idea. Uh, no, I just see us. All right. Can you see the? Can you see the? Okay. Yeah. So uh, that's the road frost. designs right now. Yeah. Yeah. So this is this is their design, and then I'm gonna flip over to the Berkeley design. And the big thing that that sticks out to me is the tail. Yeah. So the tail is a completely different um, feathered. Yeah. Set up. It's actually fibers instead of plastic. Um, the joint looks more like it's almost the see-through joint all the way. Yeah. Um, and then the big thing to me that I didn't notice, you were talking about that hook keeper. Yeah. But there's actually plastic pieces in the fins yeah. to, to keep this thing straight, whereas you go back to the um, grow designs and it's just it's more of the soft plastic that, that keeps those fins like that. So and it's, it, it, it's just differences. I mean, I can and it, out and, it, and you're looking at it. And again, I haven't thrown each one, but but looking at it, you can tell that Berkeley improved on it. Yes, it yes. is obvious they improved on it. So I'm not going to hate Berkeley on this. And the other thing is, if you are a company that's putting out an innovative product, protect yourself and put your pants on it. I know some plus is like, well, it's expensive and all that. Well, guess what? You could have kept your 45, selling your $45 um, dollar lure, but come September, good luck trying to sell it because you didn't protect your yeah. patent. And I don't, I don't, I'm not a patent lawyer. I don't know what goes into it, but you know, it's, it's kind of like the vibe kayaks with their drive. Now if you look at their drive, they're the expired patent of the original um hobie drive they're the 96 hobie draft <laughs> yeah and, and as soon as the patent for the 360 drive expires guess what gonna be a bunch of kayak that's gonna come out with the 360 drive bro me and you are gonna be in boats by then we're not gonna <laughs> be able to get in the kayaks by the time that i think it's 20 or 25 years before those patents like that expire um we're not we're gonna be in boats we ain't gonna be in kayaks no more in 20 that's years true. We may well, not be I on this side of the bird. <laughs> dirt. It's true, man. I hope to be. I hope to be in a boat, not you know, with dementia in the nursing home that I work at. Like having the people take care of me. Like I know how that goes. But man, you got anything else? Tell, talk about the show for a little bit. What's going on with bass kayak and beers? I think since you came on, um, the last time you were on the show, you you've added a podcast to you're you're a network now. The bass kayak and beers network. <laughs> you've added a show to it. Yeah. Like you. You've grown a lot since the last time you came on and argued with Chris. I think that might have been his last show. <laughs> You're the reason Chris isn't on the show anymore. I'm Armando. sorry, Chris. I'm throwing it out there. I don't know if I should say the viewers sorry or you're welcome. I don't. No, I'm kidding. Chris is a great dude. I like Chris. 
don't kick my butt, Chris. Please don't. Um, so I do have the Bass Kayak and Beers, as you mentioned. Um, so we now have, it used to be just the Bass Kayak and Beers, and I was on Paddle and Finn. Now I'm back by myself, and I'm going to have two shows just like I did before Paddle and Finn, which is one is just talking to, just like you and I talking, talking to personalities in the social media space and of kayak fishing and bass fishing and fishing in general and talking to tournament anglers as well and promoting some of the tournaments, local trolls that are out here. So that's going to be what the episode is going to be called, The Real Life. It's a live show on Thursdays on Facebook and YouTube on the Bass Kayak and Beers. And again, the name of that segment is called The Real Life. And then it uploads into the MP3 format, what we call now a podcast, that is airs every Monday on pretty much all podcast streaming platforms. And on Wednesdays, um, not a live show, but just a straight-up podcast hosted by Dan Perry, who used to be a host at the Pedal and Fin Network, and he hosts the Advanced Kayak Angler, and that's more for tips and tricks to help you improve your kayak bass fishing experience. And that is, you know, that's a, not a pre-recording. It airs on, on our MP3 format on the podcast uh, Wednesday mornings as well, 5 a.m., and then and, it's also on YouTube and Facebook, but that's later that day in the afternoon. And and you you guys heard me and Armando aren't like the big gear junkies where we're like no. dialing down swim bait fins, although we did on this show. But Dan's show, that's more of their their groove. Like they're really dialing down when it if he's talking about swim jigs, like he's talking about how many dang pieces of silicone are on this brand of jig compared to that brand of jig and everything else so if you really want to get down into detail details that advanced kayak fishermen like they they really like those details especially when he's talking about different techniques and lures yep. and things like that so if you can't afford the bass university come on to our podcast and listen to our show and, and and we don't only talk about what we know we also talk about you know that we have special guests that are experts or quote unquote experts on that specific technique or style. And we have them talk about it. All right, man. Well, anything else you want to talk about? No, that's pretty much it, man. Appreciate, we'll appreciate you taking the time. Shout out to my sponsor, Douglas Rod. Uh, if you're into, uh, you know, if you're a rod junkie, go check them out. Right now, there's not a lot of stores that in Texas that carry our rods, but if you live in the Fort Worth, Dallas Fort Worth area, you might want to check out Fun and Sun Tackle, Highway 10 in Hearst. They do carry Douglas rods. Uh, they're going to have a new rods lineup of rods, going to be catered to more um, beginner anglers. And the price point is going to be about $99. And they come out later this year. It's going to be their ERA rods. Right now, they're going to have two rods the LRS and the X Matrix. X Matrix are amazing, lightweight rods. They also make in my opinion, some of the best fly fishing rods out there for those fly fishermen. Have you ordered any Xenons yet? Are you no. are you ready to pull the trigger on some of those Abu Garcia Xenons? Oh yeah, you need, I, you, need, you got some already? No, I haven't. But I'm 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 there's some there's some products Abu Garcia that I'm really interested. In. I want to start do getting it. those Revo rockets too. Those spinning reels, the high nah, speed. dude. Those are fast. Yeah. Those are, you're you're gonna be burning. If you want to burn a blade through grass or something, 
get you one of them rockets and that sucker will be shooting through there. Yeah. But anyways, guys, we are going to get out of here. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of the Paddlers Playbook. If you don't already, go make sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook. I'm going to have our 100th episode coming up yeah. very, very soon. I think this is 97 or 98. Real Sportswear, Mariner Sales. We're putting together a prize pack. We're going to do, I think we're going to do that on Instagram. The Instagram has really grown over the last probably six months. I, I think it's the Reels and, and the, sh I don't know. What yeah. is it on? Is it Reels on Instagram? Shorts? Yeah. No, that's YouTube. Whatever it is on Instagram, I've been doing some videos over there. But make sure to check us out there. If you want to support the show, jump on over to the Patreon as well. You can find that in the link description. It is not free to put on these podcasts. I got to pay for hosting, equipment, everything else. So if you want to support the show, you can support it there for as little as like $5 a month. Just, I mean, that's like two energy drinks or a pack of soft plastics. So help your boy out if you would like. But, guys, I hope to do some fishing, but I'm afraid I'm going to be playing that arcade tomorrow. It's supposed to be <laughs> here. I'm ready to go. But, all right, Armando, let's get out of here, my man. Have a good one, guys. Peace. Girls. Peace.